Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm unstoppable, I'm a buzzer with no brakes, I'm invincible, yeah, I win every single game, mine's so powerful, I don't need batteries to play, I'm so confident, yeah, I'm unstoppable today. August 24th, what year is it, KT? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a hard question. Come on, 2023. Ding, Susie. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> There's your ding, 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 ding. I'm, that was your quizzy. I'm happy and sad at the same time. Why? Well, I'm a little sad that summer is coming to an end, but I'm super happy that first weekend of September, we are going on a trip. I can't wait. All right. Well, since you mentioned it, tell everybody where we're going. Susie and I are going to Italy to a beautiful place on the Amalfi Coast to celebrate our nephew's wedding. Michael's wedding. Yeah. And we're very, very excited about that. And then following that, we're going to head back to Spain, everybody, to do the Camino with a very dear friend of ours. So I'm excited. There she is. We haven't goes. traveled yet since COVID, like really far. Well, we really haven't traveled. Oh. oh, we haven't really traveled. Oh, we went. We did. We went to British Columbia. Yeah, but that's not like going to Europe. That was fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's like right. still connected to America. All right. <laughs> what are we going to do for podcasts while we're gone? We, oh, we're just oh. going to have to figure that one out. Anyway, maybe we should take a vacation. You know what, Susie? Maybe we should do one from Spain. Hola. Hola. <laughs> Como esta? So here's the thing, everybody. Welcome to the Women and Money Podcast. And well everyone's as, smart enough to listen. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. Your second ding. Mm -hmm. And this is the Ask KT and Susie edition. Now, if you want us to answer your question, you have to send it into Ask Susie, S U Z E podcast at gmail.com. But you have to make it short and you have to make it so it catches KT's eyes because it's KT that chooses the ones that we do. So if something about it she likes, we will answer it on this podcast. So, okay, Susie. So, first question today is from Christine. Greetings, Susie and KT. I hope this day brings you the joy your podcasts bring me. I'm looking for your advice today. I want to help my 20-year-old grandson build good credit. Danger, danger, wait, wait, danger. Wait. Don't, don't say that. Hold on. I can feel it. I'm a single 60-year-old woman still working. Danger, Recently, danger. Recently, I denied co-signing a car loan. It was yeah. for five years at $12,000 for my grandson. It was difficult to say no because he doesn't have anyone else in his life with credit good enough to do it 
or with enough money to loan him. But I don't need or want a car payment should something go wrong. See, she already listens to you and knows about the what ifs. His credit isn't bad. It's just that there is no credit history. Two years ago, I had given him my old car for graduation, which has blown a gasket and isn't drivable. The old car needs about $5,000 in repair. So Susie, I would like to loan him the money for the repair, but I struggle with his life choices. And then she goes on to say that he's going in debt. He keeps a job he doesn't love so that he can continue to live independently. You are so denied. So wait, wait, wait. Would it be helpful? This is, this is the part that you, you need to give her some good, strong advice or tough love. Would it be helpful for his credit if I were to put him on as a co-signer on my credit card? And if so, how could I minimize his charging limit? What other advice can you give him to build his credit? He can't get a loan to build credit without established credit. So first of all, if you did put his name on your credit card as an authorized user, I would not tell him on any level that you did that. So just because you add somebody's name onto your card to hopefully have your credit score help their credit score does not mean that you need to tell them and give them a card. It doesn't matter if they have a card. So therefore, you can do that if you want, but you are not to give him a card. There are many ways that you can build credit. One of them is with a secured credit card where you put a specific sum of money, sometimes $500 or $1,000 that secures the credit on that card. And that starts to build his credit. You said, should you loan him the $5,000 to fix up the old car? Why does he need a car? Why? Number one. Number two, if you're going to do that, it's not going to be a loan. It's going to be a gift. Because if you loan him $5,000 and he can't pay you back, it's really going to ruin your relationship, in my opinion. Because every time you see him doing something in this lifestyle of his that you said you did not like, you're going to say, but wait a minute. You're doing this when you still owe me the last payment on my $5,000. So if you're going to do that, then you have to look at it as a gift. Now, if you want to gift your grandson $5,000 to fix up a car because he needs a car, okay, okay, you can do that. But no loaning. When you loan anybody money, you are asking for trouble. On some level, it's almost the same as co-signing for them because either way, you're not going to get the money back. I can tell you that in most cases. So, Christine, just be careful with him. When you said you don't like his lifestyle, also KT just gave me your email that you sent in. And sometimes, everybody, we don't read the entire email KT doesn't because it's just it's way, very long, it's long. Lo lots of information, right? But you also say here he refuses to attend a two-year community college, even though he got it free on an IA plus program. He has two more years to use it, but I don't see any indication that he will. I think it's a big mistake to walk away from free education. 
You bet it is. So you may have a grandson that needs to learn the hard way. So bottom line here, I would not be giving him the $5,000 and let him learn. Yeah. But how can he build up credit? I told you with the secured credit card, if he can't manage to get like $500 to open up a card and secure secure it with that $500, no way can he afford anything else. Okay. So I don't know. There were just too many things in this email that I heard and I'm now reading that I really just don't like. All right. I just, if it were... My grandson, even in our situation, KT, given what I'm reading here, no way. way. <laughs> All right. Next next question. And this this one, I know how I would answer this. And she asks for my wait, opinion. Wait, wait. I just have to go back for a second. Yeah. Right. Remember my saying, sometimes hurting is helping and helping is hurting. That's the situation here. It's so hard, especially when you have the money, to say no to somebody you love. But sometimes when you say no, they start to say yes to the possibilities that they can create in their own lives. All right. Mm -hmm. And believe me, Susie and I have said no plenty of times. And we've said yes too many times as well. well. All right. Which is why we're not going to do that. Again. Okay, so from Andrea, a question. When looking for a new financial advisor a year ago, I took your advice and went with a gentleman at Schwab that charges 1% rather than a woman that I liked more, but her fees were 1.5%. All right, let's just stop here for one second. I did not advise her to go with an advisor at Schwab. I advise that you should never pay more than 1% for a fee. All right, go on. Okay. So while he's a nice guy who presented us with a plan to reach our retirement goals, he just didn't give me a lot of confidence. Then why did you go with him? Well, wait a minute. Not with what he was planning, just how he presented it. He just is not as direct and convincing as I would like. He seems a little too soft for her. So then she said, So why didn't she go to the woman and negotiate with her? Well, wait, that's what I'm going to recommend at the end. (laughs) <laughs> when he don't tell me she went with him. Hold on. When All he right. reviewed the investments available with my Roth 401k exactly a year ago, he encouraged me to participate in a target date fund. Loser. Rather than choosing from a list of small, mid and large cap funds with some real estate and international exposure. I knew that was not a good idea based on your dislike of them. Susie, but I went along with all of his suggestions just to give him a chance. Wait, wait, one second here. Wait, I'll let you continue. I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. Why in the world, Andrea, to give him a chance when you already knew that he suggested for you to do something that you probably shouldn't have done? You have now fallen into a typical of Nice woman. Okay. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'll give you a chance. You don't give people a chance. With your money. (laughs) You either like them or you don't. You trust yourself more than you trust others. You have got to listen to your gut. And you did not do that. And don't tell me you're still with him. Go on. Ready? Upon my request... We met this year, and I still have the same reservations with him. Oh, good. So she's leaving. He ended up agreeing with me, actually you, this year, 
and said that we could have gone with a variety of ETFs instead of a target date fund. And then she she writes, duh, Susie told us that ages ago. And then she said, is the expectation of a follow-up email out of line? Am I expecting too much from a financial advisor? He always responds when I contact him, but I would like to see a more proactive, direct approach. Susie, you always say that we are our own best financial advisors, but the fact is most of us don't have the time or expertise to investigate funds. And, and she said, I make a lot of financial decisions and investments independently, but I'm looking for either assurance that I'm making the wise choices or dissuasion and other suggestions based on his experience. I don't have enough confidence to independently make some of these decisions myself. So then then here's the best part about this. KT, I'd love not only Susie's input, but yours as well. So we both are on the same page here. I have no idea why Andrea hasn't contacted the woman that she liked from the very get-go and just negotiated a 1% fee. Sounds like she's got a considerable amount of money. Andrea... The problem isn't with your financial advisor. Yeah. The problem is with with you you and you not willing to own the power to control your destiny. What do you mean that you don't have the time? What do you mean that you don't have what it takes to make these decisions and you want confidence? All you ever had to do was take the money and dollar cost average into diversified ETFs. If that was the problem, VTI, VOO, SPY, whatever the ETF would have been, QQQ to get technology in there. There were all ways that you could have done that. But rather, you chose to pay somebody 1% that you didn't have confidence in from the beginning. What is one of the laws of money? You are never to talk yourself into trusting anyone. And you did simply to be nice simply to save half a percent. And the truth of the matter is you could have just simply put them in your own ETFs that almost everybody chooses, and you wouldn't have had to pay that 1% at all. Remember my law of money? People first, then money, then things. You put money in front of people. You liked that other woman, but You put money in front of your choice here by going with somebody who only charged you 1%. There are other people out there as well. The fact that you're still with him and the fact that you are asking me the question, and KT, is it too much for you to expect an email or whatever? It isn't enough that you aren't expecting enough from yourself. Forget expecting anything from this person anymore. He is never going to give you what you need. You've done it now for a year or two. Now you have to do it yourself or find somebody else. Excuses. You know, that's another reason, KT, that I did the podcast, you know, last Thursday. I don't, did you even hear it? Yeah, All right. I did. I did you hear me it. say it, that there isn't an excuse big enough to keep you from being who you are meant to be? That if you consider yourself an underdog, if you think you can't do it, you never, ever will. Andrea, change your thoughts. Of course you can do this. 
And you if, probably don't even need to go to any and, financial And if advisor. you feel like you can't, then put the majority of your money for now into a high-yielding money market fund or whatever. You all should be making a good 4 4.5% on that. Or in T-bills, short-term, making a lot more than that, 5-something percent. And just start dollar cost averaging little by little into these markets. Now, these markets, again, I'm going to repeat, have started to go down. And they could very well go down for a little bit here. Maybe they'll turn around in September, maybe not. But just know as the markets go down, that's good for you. Because then your dollars buy more more. shares. The more shares you have in the end, the better off you will be. All right. Wait, you have to tell her you should fire him right now. Oh, you don't think she got that idea? Susie, next question is a topic that I know really will make make your your blood boil for sure. Do you want to tell me the name or no? No, no, no. We're going to just keep this as from... Anonymous. A woman that yeah. is just really going through some uh, difficult times right now. Dear Susie, I've recently discovered financial infidelity. Ready for this one? <sighs> what kind I of think, mood were you in when you picked these? Well, I think that a lot of people listening, a lot of our listeners, especially our women out there, have or hopefully will not experience this. So she she goes on to tell us, my husband has been taking out money from his credit cards, loans, and even my credit card. I take responsibility for a portion of it, having an authorized user on my credit card and not checking my credit report. I have put a block on the credit card that is in my name and removed him as an authorized user. He charged, ready, Susie? Don't tell me. $26,000 in my name and even changed where the bills went. He got to the point where he couldn't borrow from his credit cards anymore, and he started taking out loans. The only reason he has told me, I think, is because he went to his siblings and neither one of them would loan him money. Does she say Ready? what he used the money no, for? No, she's not telling us, I think, to is protect. Is he a gambler? Is he, what is he? She's not telling us probably to protect the children. So listen to this. Right. He's racked up approximately $100,000 of debt. I will file for either a separation or divorce. I'm sure of that. I am taking some time to process everything, Susie, but unfortunately, his bill collectors are going to need this money from him. Our finances are commingled, and I am in the process of untangling all of that and creating my own checking account, etc. We are in a home together, and all of our bills have up until now been paid from a joint account that is in trust. Wow. So it said there's long-term care insurance on me, other bills that are going to be big, and I will struggle to pay them on my own. Should he claim bankruptcy? Should he get a consolidation loan? I feel like he should decide by the end of this month and not leave us in limbo. I ask because his financial problems mean the kids and I will have to cut back and probably will not be able to count on money coming in from him since he will owe all of his creditors. Then she said, I've worked part-time for 20 years while raising the kids. They're 15 and 10, 
And at least for the next school year, I can work a lot while they're in school. In the meantime, I'm working as much as I can, putting that money in my own checking account. And I've made initial calls to bankruptcy lawyers and divorce attorney, but I'm not sure exactly what I should do. Then this is the dilemma, Susie. And and I think a lot of listeners may have this problem as well. He could move out, but then I'm worried that he would be paying $1,000 to a landlord when that money could be slowly paying off the credit card debt. All right. So any advice that you can give would be so appreciated. Yeah, I was going to say, KT, I already know what I want to say. So you need to listen to me and you need to listen to me closely. I'm so sorry this has happened, but... I'm happy that you're taking responsibility for not having watched over it. I always say to people that you've had to have some feeling that something was going wrong. And sometimes we just don't like to see things that are right before our very eyes. If I were you, my very first move would be you have got to divorce him. And he needs to move out right now. Because you need to set a legal separation date and a divorce date. Because until then, you will be financially responsible, most likely, for half of his debt, if not more. Because even if he opened up credit cards in his individual name, on the credit card application, it usually asks, Are you married? If he chooses yes for that, It then goes on to say, essentially, that your spouse will be responsible for these debts that you incur. That's essentially what it says. So I get that you're worried that he would be paying $1,000 to somebody else. I'm worried that you even want him anywhere near you. I'm worried that you even want him near his children. And I get that you want to protect them and you want them to think that their dad is whatever. I would want them to know exactly what their dad is so that they never get themselves in a situation like you're in where they happen to get married to somebody who does the exact same thing, but they go, well, mom stuck with it. Mom made it okay. No, the reality is he literally ripped you off. He only told you because he had to. He did not tell you because he loved you. If he had loved you, he never would have done this in the beginning. You even mentioned calling the police. So obviously, you feel there was a crime done, and yet you want to continue living with him so that he can pay the $1,000? No. You will figure out a way to do this. I don't care how you figure that out. I know you have what it takes to do so, but you need to divorce him and have him move out tomorrow. Do you hear me? Now, unless you are afraid of physical abuse from him, then maybe it's a little bit different story and we would go about it a different way. But I don't sense that's happening here because you don't mention it. So therefore, you have got to be strong here and make the decisions that you should have made when you felt them most likely a long time ago. Yeah, sad. I think a lot of people learn about their 
But Katie, here's a situation where you've just had me do two emails, mm. right? Both where the women knew that it wasn't quite right, that they had that feeling, but they're going to stick with it anyway. They have excuses. Don't make excuses for others. Do you hear me, ladies? Don't make excuses for yourself. Don't make excuses for others. Nobody needs to be excused from their actions. And if they need to be excused from their actions, you need to be excused from that relationship. And you need to take the power and the actions to do so. Yeah, you have to walk away. Okay, so the next question is from Stacy. And this is your last one. All right. My father had a bank account with just his name on it and a will from 1995 that stated all monies and real property to be split evenly between my brother and myself. My dad remarried in 2003. They bought a house together and they're both on the title. My father told my brother and I that the house was to go to his wife and any money accounts were to go to us. I know the deed trumps the will, which it should, but does the wife have any claims to the savings accounts at the bank with just his name on it? It depends. Well, hold on. All let right. me finish now. Yes. There's approximately 36000 that we're planning to use to pay all of the funeral expenses, which will be about 14000 That would leave us 22000 Is the will in effect for this balance to be split between my brother and me. It depends, really, Stace, in that, that did your father put on the bank accounts, because you say in here that it's a will from 1995. I don't know when your father said that the money is going to be split between you and your brother. Was that at that point? Was that after they were married? Who knows when that was? But if your father did not put his wife's name on the account as pay on death to her, then the will will take precedent over it. However, because it's a will, it will have to be probated. Now, for this small amount of money, it may, in the eyes of probate, right? they may let you do a short procedure and then just give it to you when you present the will. However, the only way to find out is, was there a designated beneficiary on his savings account known as a pay-on-death account where he named his wife? It would have been nice if he had named the two of you so you didn't have to go through this. But I think you will be okay. All right. So, KT, you ready for a quizzy? I'm always ready for a quizzy. Don't lie to I me. I love quizzies. Everyone loves quizzies. We get them right every time. <laughs> every single time. All right. Go for so it. So, this one is from Maria. And... It's got three or four questions to it. Okay. All right. First question. Can one of the persons named in the living trust be named as the executor in the will as well? Yes or no? Sure. There yes. you go. Ding, ding, ding. There's no reason, everybody, if you have an executor of your will, that that person can't be your trustee or successor trustee of your living trust. Normally, by the way, you create your living trust and you are the trustee of your trust and you name a successor trustee in case something happens to you. 
Okay. Two, Next. can I stipulate within the revocable living trust that the real property is to be sold or rented as determined by the executor with the net proceeds being split between two individuals? Yes. Are you Ab- sure of that? Yeah. So the executor can do that within the trust. It's said if you stipulate, yes. if you stipulate uh-huh. that the executor can make that decision. All right. That's your final answer? I think, yeah. <clears throat> oh, why? Because a living trust has a successor trustee. A will has an executor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But you have to pay attention to so those which- little... Things the like titles that. of who All gets right. the who who's who's empowered and who isn't right. All Next, right. can non-titled items such as tools, furniture, jewelry, etc., be included in the revocable living trust in order to avoid probate court? That's a tough one because those lists are in the will. I don't know how to answer that. I'm going to say no, because that is a list of itemized items that are designated maybe by that executor in the will. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, great. All right, you got that. Here's the thing. Everything that goes in a trust normally has a title. Your house has a title. Your bank account has a title. Your credit union accounts have a title. Your brokerage accounts have a title. Your IRA, your retirement accounts cannot go in the trust, but they have designated beneficiaries where you designate who is to get that money. Normally what happens, truthfully, the tools, the furniture, the things like that, people just come and they take it. The executor usually just says, so-and-so wanted you to have this hammer. So-and-so wanted you to have this chair, whatever (laughs) it may be. What about us? We left our fishing lures to Colo. We we left our fishing fishing lure, the fishing poles, poles, all the equipment, everything everything with fishing or, or to fix or to work with, with Tocolo. Yeah. Right. But that's in our will, but still mainly the will dictates the other things. And wait, except the fly rods. I just want to make sure in case Travis is listening, Travis, the fly rods go to you especially the really good ones. Oh, my God. Anyway, (laughs) so normally you don't put certain things in a trust, and those things are governed by the will, but mostly they're governed where you just really, because they're really not worth a lot, depending, right? But usually they just get dispersed, right? The last thing you want to have happen is where your house ends up in the will, because then that has to go through probate. So no, you wouldn't want to include those in your trust, in my opinion. But you should put them in your will. All right, KT, you know what we're doing in just a few hours? Come on, it's August 24th. What are we doing today? Where are we going? We're flying, baby. Where are we flying? We're going back to Florida. We're getting ready for our big trip. Yeah, we In are. a week, we're yeah. getting ready. We're packing and 
finding real clothes to wear, <laughs> things <laughs> like that. All right. So until Sunday, there's really only one thing that we want you to say every single day. And what is that, Miss Travis? Today, wherever I go, I will create a more peaceful, joyful, and loving world. And if you do that, and if you take the actions to own the power to control your destiny, I promise you, you will be what? Unstoppable. unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.